With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Pompey Pubcast that combines the beers and the blues. Barros for Pompey, round Kushak goes down, penalty to Portsmouth and Old Trafford. Barros tripped by Thomas Kushak, who sent off Lantari do the job. He steps up, left-footed, scores yes. for Pompey. They lead in Old Trafford in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Jamalou's onside, the flag stayed down. Jamalou, nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Portsmouth Football Club are promoted to League One. Curtis across the face of goal. This is Three Lads in the Pub. Three Lads in the Pub. Good afternoon, good morning, good... Have I missed anything? Evening. Good afternoon, good, good evening, that was it. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. Uh, yes, how are you doing, Jeff? Yeah, good. Good to, good to see you. Um, how's, the, uh, how's the recovery? Yeah, uh, really good. Just really for good. clarity, a few people have been um, asking us why we've not done an episode. Jeff's uh, had some surgery. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much information. It's quite a personal thing, Jeff. Um, is it bigger now? Did <laughs> 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 you answer that, Jeff? <laughs> no, you've had some uh, had some surgery on your ankle, haven't you? Yeah, I had two uh, five-inch screws taken out my ankle. Oh, well, recovering well though? Yeah, yeah, up up and walking around and yeah, playing dodgems with the cars earlier. Yeah, yeah. Was he got run over before the podcast started? But there we go. And uh, Slim Jim's here as well. Ryan, how you doing? <laughs> I'm right, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. Uh, tell us about the milestone, please, before we start. Uh, milestone is as of. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday, a uh, hundred pounds down. Bloody that hell! Is, that is just from. I mean, I spent a hundred pound earlier, and that, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's impressive, mate. Fair that play. Is just, that is. He's taking, the, he's taking the piss now. He's taking the piss. Thank you. I mean, that's double the year sorted. Oh, and uh, actually, uh, I forget to do this every time we do a pod. Thank you to everyone who uh, comes up to me at games. It helps, doesn't it? Like every single game for the last two, three months now, home or away. But multiple people just walk up to me and say, "I, oh, you know, you look really well. Mm. You've obviously put in a lot of effort." Uh, so yeah, thank you, thank you to everyone Spurs for the, you on, for the nice comments. Yeah, it, 
obviously I'm, I'm doing it so my daughter doesn't have to put me in the ground at 50 um, and alright mate lower the fucking tone well, well, I'm not. <laughs> we're all happy to see each other then. You know? Well, I'm not lowering the tone because I'm doing something about no, it. No, no, I'm, jo- uh, I'm, so t- I'm joking. It's a, mate. No, it's fair a good play. thing. Um, fair play. But it's it's nice in the meantime that that people have been this sort of out of their way. Yeah. Uh, kind about it. So yeah, thank you to everyone that's that's come up to me and you know said well done or whatever. Uh, and it is good to see you all, games. Can you do that? Can you do that to me, please, Bobby fans? Can you come up to me and tell me to go to the gym, please? And I might actually listen to you. Is that all right? Thank you. But no, keep it up, mate. Good stuff. Right. Okay. Let's get into it. And uh, cheers to uh, John as well for the beer, mate. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, John. Very much. Oh yeah. What have you gone for, Jeff? <laughs> I had a coke. You had a coke. It's now empty. It's all on uh, tablets and <laughs> yeah. everything else. Uh, Ryan. I've gone for uh, inches, and unlike Jeff, I didn't have to go to surgery for it. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, man, that was good. That was good. And uh, I've gone for Moretti because um, I should be drinking Coke in a pub. No offence, Jeff. Right, moving on. Right, let's go into it then. Uh, we're in the old house at home, our favourite pub, of course. Uh, let's talk about the games. Then let's start with. Oh my God, I don't want to talk about this one. Cheltenham game. Uh, as hmm. as the sun comes up in the east and it sets in the west. Liam Serkham always fucking scores against us. Did anyone have a bet on it, by the way? I'm sure Honestly, someone did. It, Surely someone did. Because it was a no-brainer. It, it was going to happen, wasn't it? Look, yeah, you know... We, it's like when we used to play against we, Joe I, Piggott every I week. I think we was. were fortuitous to take the lead in, in the first instance. Um, for all the dominant possession build-up play, we just lacked it in the final third. Then we look. It's a cliche, but you got to be good in both boxes. And I think on, against Cheltenham, we were poor in both boxes. We we were we, we didn't know where the back of the net was. But for all the endeavour and all the huff and puff we had, we just couldn't hit the target. And sometimes you need it to come <laughs> off your shin, you need it to come off your kneecap or whatever. And it's those goals that go in that give you a foothold in the game. That's not what we kind of saw. And then just a crazy five minutes in defence, and it was like we just. We just lost our heads. That first goal went in, and it was like all, all the confidence and the good work that we've had up until that game had just gone out the window. And it was like we were on shaky, shaky ground. The foundations had gone, and it was like, you know, Cheltenham could sense blood. Their tails were in the air. They were strutting around like peacocks, and they they deserved getting a second goal. Am I? Is it fair to say, Ryan? Obviously, you're at the game, aren't you? Um, is it fair to say that? It was. I mean, we were in the game. We there was just two moments of. Oh, there, there was no in the game about it, Liam. There was no in the game about it. We pummeled them into the That's core I mean, yeah. of the okay. earth. Yeah, several thousand miles below this crust that we currently sit upon. We bullied Cheltenham from minute one to minute forty-nine, and from minute fifty-three to minute ninety. In 2008, Herman Haridison nearly killed Jeff. And in 2024, <laughs> Connor Shocknessy nearly killed me. Because I had to try and drive home from that game with the flashbang of that 90 minutes ringing in my ears. Trying to focus on the M4 and the A34, but still going, how the fuck have we lost that? Because for 87 minutes, we beat the fuck out of them. And last time we did a podcast, I spoke about dumb football moments. And I referred to that 94th minute free kick away at Exeter where the side had scored more set piece goals than any other team in England last year went back to its goalkeeper that three minutes might be the dumbest piece like dumbest collective set of minutes of football I've ever seen 
from Pompey, like in such a short span of time, because everything from the moment it all went downhill in terms of composure to us being 2-1 down was extraordinarily dumb. And it all starts with one of the older players in the squad, one of the more experienced players in the squad, the captain of the squad, Marlon Pack. Because Cheltenham have an attack, it comes into our box, it falls to Pack. He looks down the sideline, he sees a mile of green. And he goes, I'm, I'm not clearing this for safety and buying everyone time to just reshape defensively and, you know, we'll, we'll clear the next attack. He sees Abu Kamara making a slight jaunt by the sideline. Somehow undersells, undersells the pass by a good three yards behind Kamara and it goes straight out for a throw-in. So all of a sudden you haven't bought time to get your defence settled and send it down the green where a Cheltenham defender has to then go after the ball, retrieve the ball, turn on the ball, bring the ball back, send it forward where inevitably it probably just goes to Raggett who heads it away. All of a sudden Cheltenham have a, a throw in line with the edge of the penalty box. The goal comes from that. Crap defending from there. They're back in the game, and then the the level of falling asleep from Shocknessy just to run straight across his own box. Out Sir of character just for a minute. Very out of character. And out of character for Pack as well, to give the ball away that, like that. And that's why I call them dumb football moments and not dumb football players, because the players are not the moments, but Cheltenham was one of the very few games this season where the moments defined the players not the other way around. We've, well, I've spoken about resilience before. We keep coming from behind. Moments have not defined players because we've been able to overcome those moments. But on this occasion, it, the moments define the players and I could not believe it. I, I walked away from that game. If you look at this, like, I know there's only one important stat, which is the scoreboard. But if you weren't there, I can't run through everything that happened in the 90 minutes for you. All I can tell you is look at the stats. We buried them. And annoyingly... Just to, just to end on this bit, 99 times out of 100, the excuse the referees cost us that one isn't true. There is a slight caveat to this one, though. We did score an, a perfectly legitimate goal at the end of the first half through Paddy Lane. Like that Barnsley home game last season where Morel scythes down their number 10 moving forward. The ball goes right to Devante Cole, who slips it past the goalkeeper. Everyone was still playing on, but the ref has gone, oh, shit, I blew for a free kick. It was that kind of heinous, that call at Cheltenham. So the referee's the reason we lost the game, because on the day we scored two perfectly legitimate goals to their two perfectly legitimate goals. We are the reason we didn't win the game. So our dumb moments cost us two points, but the referee cost us a third, because we did score two legit goals that day. But yeah, three minutes of fucking dumb football... The problem you're going to have, though, is people that didn't watch the game, which I did watch the game, and people are going to look at the score and think, oh, we were shit then. We, and I don't think we were, and that's not us belly-tickling anybody, by the way. I said earlier. <laughs> Sometimes you just need it to come off your shin, your kneecap, your thigh, <laughs> your backside, whatever, and, and, it, and, it, and it's those fine margins that change the dominance that you have <clears throat> from being dominant and no one product and then actually being good in both boxes. Look, Marlon Pat does this thing, and, and you, you will see Marlon Pat do this in every game. And nine times out of ten, it works. But that odd one occasion, it doesn't work. And it's actually happened about five or six times this season, where the two centre-halves go out wide, Marlon Pat will drop into the middle and get the ball off Will Norris, and he'll, he'll come back. And, and normally, he's able to get into that pocket of space, then turn and come out. But on, one, on, on that ninth, tenth occasion out of ten... He's got a midfield player tracking him. Going, I'm going to press you because I know they're going to give you the ball. I've done my homework. 
And then what happens is Marlon Patcon's really short. He receives the ball because Will Norris, for whatever reason, goes, oh, yeah, you've got a player with you. But instead of me now, now hitting it into the gap that you've just created by drawing that midfield player out, so now they're one light in midfield, I'm still going to pass you the ball. And then Pack ends up losing it. <laughs> bit like what what happened at, at you know at Cheltenham that that has ha- happened five or six times this season where he comes short I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do it is the right thing to do because you're dragging a midfield player out and if you don't drag a midfield player out you're free to get the ball it is the right thing to do I just think the players around him need to make those runs then to go you've got a player there now I need to come wider I'm going to get the ball instead of you and you're not in that position where Shotness is now gone. oh, shit, I've, I've, I've got to try and dribble out instead of hoofing it forward. So it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. And nine times out of ten, it works. But on those, those odd occasions, it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, we always seem to get punished. It seems that when it goes wrong, it goes wrong. It isn't it goes wrong and we get away with it. It goes wrong and it, it, it invariably ends up with a goal. Yeah, it's, it's it's about mitigating the severity of your mistakes. Like you're all going to make mistakes in in games and all over the pitch, but you've got to mitigate the severity of them. Cheltenham was about a series of hugely costly mistakes in the space of three minutes that undid the work of the other eighty-seven. And it was such a it was such a rare game. I I I will remember that Cheltenham game for quite some years because of how incredibly one-sided it was outside of that fucking mental three minutes idiotic let's be honest like you, you referenced belly ticking uh, belly tickling earlier i've banged the drum for this team this season and i still continue to there's a reason i'm up at god knows what time to go to fleetwood and carlisle and fuck knows where else we're going this season but i will call that five minutes fucking idiotic football and they know that yeah they know it you know, you know my motto like in life ryan when it comes to football and presenting if it's shit say it's shit yeah, and, and that's it, what we're doing. Those those <laughs> three to five minutes were chaotically shit. Yes, simple. Um, but now uh, there, there's the age-old philosophical football debate: of, Did you deserve to win? Uh, going by the numbers, we shouldn't have lost. But Cheltenham's mistakes and the severity of their mistakes were far fewer than ours. Mm. That's what we, That's what gets you football games like. We've played much worse than that, or much weaker than that, and won. Yeah, Carlisle at home was not a particularly uh, pleasant game of football to watch, but our opportunism in stoppage time from a set piece, the fine margins. So no, we weren't. We weren't awful that day. We weren't even bad that day. But the way to overcome a result like that is go to the next game and get back at three 0 uh, <laughs> that, that was. I I called that out on. Do you know I what? wasn't here for it. Do you know what? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to say this. Yeah. Now, I know I'll, I'll keep... I'm not going to mention this again about us being accused of belly tickling. Orient were better than us. Simple as that. They were. So Much the Black, better. The Blackpool 4-0 <laughs> defeat, again, I, the scoreboard's the only thing that matters. I get it. I've done this enough times now. But the flow of the Blackpool game was not a 4-0 defeat. Watching that game back, that Blackpool game, I would have said a fair... A, a, a scoreline that matched the flow of the game would have been... 2-3-1 to three, one Blackpool which 2-1 at home sounds much different to 4 fucking nil yeah. Orient was 3-0 though good fucking lord they were good <laughs> they were that, good that was, it was actually enjoy- if you were a neutral watching that you would have enjoyed watching the Orient play it was it was the game was that the 
the uh, the feel of the game as such was was obvious from the first 20 seconds when they, they were through on bloody goal, Jeff, weren't they? They were. Pretty much look, straight away. You know, and you, you knew that it was going to be that sort of afternoon. And they, they, they were great. I, I thought they were great. And I, at the end of the game, one, because I was pissed off. And two, <laughs> two, it was... It, it, I thought it was an absolute diabolical performance from us. Absolutely, it was shit. And and I put it out there that's pathetic and diabolical. Yeah, it was. And I had quite a lot of fans, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. If you want to call me out? Call me out. I, I, I have no issues with that, you know. Um, but here's the, here's the thing: we're told that finding power and pace in the wings is is hard to do in League One. I I just find it baffling that most teams we have come up against have power and pace in their wings and in their attacking third. Yet, you know, as, as much as Paddy Lane's great technically and Abu Kamara's great technically... But they look shattered against Leighton Orient. But, but it, it was an absolute pathetic, it gutless was. performance. It was. And even John Massino came out and said that's... He's unrecognisable, he, un- he said. It was unrecognisable. Yeah, they you, just look, look, look like they've just been out the night before on the lash. No one was... There was now, no intensity or nothing ev- from anyone. Everyone, it was... Everyone really weird, actually. Everyone is entitled to an off day. You go into work. Some days you're going to have. But an off everyone day. had an off day, and that's the thing. Every single one of them. Every had an off day. single one of them. It's yeah. like in 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 moments of adversity, you look around and say, "Who's going to grip this team? Who's going to grip this game and this team by the neck?" I did not see a single player out there stand up and go, "Right, none, no more." Even at two 0 down, two 0 down, you're still in the game. You yeah. are still in it. Okay, we missed a penalty. You go in. But you, you knew it was happening. You knew it was going to happen. You, you go in at half time, two one down. You've got a foothold yeah. in the game. You're going to come out. You're going to go all guns blazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're going to. You go all guns blazing. You'll get another. You, you get an equaliser within the next ten to twenty minutes. You, 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 you know, you're in the essence. You've got the, you've got the momentum, and you know, attacking the fattening. end. You miss that penalty, and the whole momentum shifts. Really? Now, now they're buoyed. Now their yeah. fans are at it. Now their players' tails are up. Our heads are down. So not only are you playing poorly in the first forty-five minutes, and, and Paulie's—I'm using that lightly because it was worse than poor. Now you've got to pick yourself up to get get yourself back in at two goals. So you've got to, you know. You go in at half time. You 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 got to raise your levels by twenty percent, say, to get yourself back into it at at, at you know two one. Now you've got to raise yourself forty fifty percent because you're still two nil down. Actually, you're you're, you're three nil down. You and it's it honestly, absolutely an absolute. Yeah. It was a shit show. You it get to, you get to go and in people, half. People said to me, "Why are you getting so so?" I was like, "I'm getting wound up because those five points we got at the top are slowly eroding." They are slowly and and before and I, I text you you two. I said, if results go against us in the next two weeks, we will find ourselves in fourth place. It didn't feel slow the way it eroded. That those two to three weeks just fucking zipped by, and that that gap that we'd had after the victory over Shrewsbury, three nil away. You've seen the champions now fuck off home. We're looking down the barrel of not even being top now tonight at the time of recording because Derby play tonight. Uh, and if they win, they go top. So uh, it's been less than a month since that Shrewsbury game and the gap that existed as a result. We now are in a realistic position where we're not top 
at the top of the night. And now I'm, again, banging the drum for this team. I'm still with them. Like, I was at Fleetwood. I'll be there at Carlisle. It doesn't, literally doesn't get any further than that. But, so there is a long Why way to go. Why the Scottish leagues? Yeah. <laughs> so there is a long way to go. And I'm not saying it's over by any means, because I've even said this on, on Irx. But the way that lead eroded so quickly at the top was, it was concerning. It is concerning. And there was a trend with it that became concerning where we were the team that would come from behind to pick up points. We're not the team that throws stuff away. We're the team that with a team that arrests the slide we pull it back but all of a sudden from Fleetwood at home we dropped two game we dropped two points in game because we won it up and we drew 1-1 so we dropped two points from within a game we pulled ourselves back to 1-1 with Bristol Rovers on Boxing Day we then dropped a third point in the game from Bristol Rovers then at Cheltenham we went from a victory to a defeat so that's three points alone. So we were the team that would turn defeats into draws, draws that's, into that's wins. Seven points we've dropped. Yeah, and and now uh, and we also turned defeat into victory in terms of you you think of Wigan and Wickham and Reading. All of a sudden, we've turned a victory into a draw, a draw into a defeat, and a victory into a defeat. I think it was something like what two weeks between the Fleetwood game and the Cheltenham game so we dropped six in-game points in two weeks all of a sudden we'd, we'd flipped the narrative on what we'd been doing so we dropped six points that we'd earned in-game and I have to mention it because if I bang the drum for how good we've been about uh, coming from behind I can't hide under the covers when we start doing it the other way it would be remiss of me not to mention an alarming trend that was growing, especially in such a short space of time. It's not as if these games were dotted three months apart. This was a two-week span of finding a way to throw it away. And then it culminates in Orient. Now, when we lost 4-0 to Blackpool, it was a game in a context of itself because it was our first defeat of the season in the league. So that's why you're able to just go, okay, it was a terrible and shit 4-0 Morel getting sent off in that game you kind of go with us you know that yeah. helped helped why it's 4-0 but because it was our first league defeat in so long and in the in in all the season you kind of go right well that's your day but Orion was on the back end of an alarmingly falling off the cliff run that resulted in all these dropped points anyway and then we couldn't even get out of the gate against Orion we couldn't even get ourselves into a position to earn something in game then to throw it away Orion was dreadful from start to finish and there were sub narratives in that game as well that simply did not help all of a sudden the concerns about us throwing it away are all of a sudden not entirely validated because then you've, you've still got roughly 20 games to go at that point there's still plenty of time to arrest the slide get back on it and re-establish momentum which is still I, i'm still in that i i'm not you know hiding under the the covers going oh my god it's all over because again, we we've just gone out and won our last game, performance, whatever you, whatever you thought of it. But good God, that run, people's worries were starting to become somewhat valid, especially when we got our fucking doors blown off by Orient. Like, 
It was it was horrific watching. They, they were really. I, I know this. Look, they, they, they were enjoyable to watch. Sorry, they, they? They, they they were they were they good. You know, they backed it up with beating Bolton as well. Exactly. So that wasn't a flash in the pan result against us. Sometimes you just got to accept it's not your day, and it wasn't. And that, when that penalty missed, you knew. And they snuck into the top half, which yeah. I when that happened, but um, yeah. Sometimes you got to hold your hands up and say the better team won. Yeah, we're the only team won. There was no, there well, was no Pompey team the that only, day. The only positive to come out of that second half was Lowry's little cameo, but then that yeah. dropped off. Yeah, it was all right for the first few minutes, and then yeah. well, first 10, 15 minutes. Uh, there, there was we, only looked, we looked brighter in the second half, if you want to put a bit of positive on it. You know, we looked a bit more in the game, but apart from that, it, was, it wasn't yeah. our day, was no, it? The, the only team that showed up that day won. Absolutely. And, uh, I, it spoke and there was too many, too many poor performances all around the pitch. It wasn't individual... Everyone was even the, from the goalkeeper to to up top. Everyone was off. Every yeah. even Paddy Lane didn't look the same player against Orient. It was it was quite concerning, wasn't it? It but was, but it's that's football. <laughs> yeah, and we we, we it's obviously sets up the game we now talk about. Yeah, where let's get try, a win. Let's try and talk positive. Get a win. We won, Je- Jeff. We did, <laughs> and I'd say earned. Uh, yeah, they were poor though, Fleetwood. And that's not obviously. I know you still got to do a job, no, but they were poor. They it's, were. It's. It wasn't about. It wasn't about how well we played. It was just about getting three points. And and we got the three points. It wasn't pretty at times. Um, he, he, you know, John's throwing in a curveball there with the with the back three. Um, again, out of out of injuries, we just seem to. We just seem to have this rotten luck with injuries at the moment. And every team has it. Every team will go for an injury spell. Every team will go for a blip. Every team has their own own off-field issues. Um, it, it just seems that when we, when we get injuries, they seem to be in our key performers. And, and it's our key performers that, that impact us. That, you know, you, you, you've pretty much, you've pretty much ripped out Two thirds of your spine by Regan Paul, Morel now taking a knock, Robertson being out. You know that's 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 two thirds of your or, or three quarters of your of, of your spine. You know, um, out out of the middle. And as much as I rate Alex Robertson really really highly, I think he's more of a he is more of an eight than a ten. Um, I I, I think we saw the bet better player in Robertson playing next to Pack or playing next to Morel rather than that advanced role he's technically technically he can play that 10 but he's not a 10 he's an 8 he's definitely an 8 for me um, look we've we, we, we've got to go over it and we've got to we've got to adjust and we've we've got to go again I actually I actually kind of thought at one point we were going to play Towler at left back and Devlin at right back and at times it they did fill in, in in those positions. And I thought Devlin against Fleetwood, for me, Devlin was my, my player of the match. He, he, defensively solid, got stuck in, stuck to the task well, rose to the challenge. Um, and I referenced it before, you know, that, that area of Ireland is, is a tough area, Cookstown. They, they, they breed tough cookies down there, I'm telling you now. You know, I've witnessed it. Um, and, look, I thought there there was a lot of good performances. Um, was it fluid? No. Was it pretty? No. Did we win? 
yes but you're only as good as your last performance so now that gives us that gives us some solid foundations to 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 build on um but they've got a, a, a week between games now there, there'll be a lot of hard work going in this week and you know let's 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 go to Port Vale let's let's put in a an assured performance this this be defensively solid I'm, I'm happy to win one nil as long as we are defensively sound we play through the thirds we stick to our principles and we don't panic and and I, I, I say we I mean the fans as well you know the fans have got a huge part playing this and there, there is a direct correlation with the anxiety growing through the fan base about throwing it away because we've seen it in two seasons before Kenny Jackett's reign being what was it 12 points clear at that point and then, and then we, we, you know, messed it up and then we've done it again and we've messed it up. How the hell do you mess up 12 look, points clear, though? Look, so, so the fan base, the fan base has a high degree of anxiety coming to it. They want, we, we want to get out of this league. We know we need to get out of this league. I'm not, I'm not criticising the fan base, but sometimes our anxiety flows over onto the field. So the players are scared of making mistakes because they know we're going to get on their back. And I'm not, going to get into the whole Colby company's ears debate because he's entitled More to do that. More on that later. <laughs> yeah. He's entitled look, he's in, he's entitled to do that. But we're entitled but, to talk about it. But but we are and that, and that's the thing you we, we're going to as, as fan base it you can and don't get me wrong right you can absolutely cheer that team on from minute 1 to minute 97. Come to find the final whistle you can criticize that team. As long as it's done in a constructive way. That's all I say. Don't say, oh, that was fucking shit. I used to say it to my young soldiers. Well, going to the cookhouse. What, what, what's the matter? Food shit. Why is it shit? It's just shit. Okay, write me a 10,000 word on why it's shit. I've never done it again. I'm not saying that's what we do to the fan base, but... but no, but I think it's like... It, it, to use an analogy, it's like the way... 48 characters on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like the way a manager speaks to the press about his team's performance versus the way he'll talk about it in the dressing room. Troy Deeney. Troy Deeney, yeah. yeah. I just want to say like, that. <laughs> what a wally. Troy, Troy Deeney's style of management... Oh, uh, my God. ...isn't going to work. And that's not because football players are sensitive now. Uh, and and they can't handle. By the it. way, like, if you, I, I don't believe in any of that bollocks. If you want to know what we're talking about, watch Troy Deeney's last interview. Yeah. Funny enough, like uh, as, a, as a manager, you you have a duty of care to those who work under you and to to protect them. They get enough shit as it is. You're meant to be like in their corner on their side. Babies, it's, it's just not going to work. Um, and I know that I, I noticed that some people got pissed off when Joe Morales after the Orient defeat said oh there's no such thing as hair dry treatment anymore that thing's kind of gone from football and we've got oh wh why is it gone from football I was like well I would personally like to think as someone who quite literally has a degree in fucking communicating you can get you can get across your disdainment for something well, your no disgust at something your lack of acceptance for something without an actual physical fucking hair dryer <laughs> like you can actually make them aware how unacceptable something is without kicking an actual fucking boot at their head <laughs> okay so we don't need to mourn for that piece of football gone anymore we, we don't like and if people think well this doesn't work anymore how do teams win anything then hmm 
Like, if if that doesn't work anymore, then every team would, would never go on a good run or every team would never recover. Not a single team would recover from any mistake. Surely, surely it does work. Seems to work in the Paul Cook era, doesn't it? <sighs> Until the players, I think, revolted against him. Yeah, yeah but again, that's, that's behind closed, closed doors. doors. And again, that's... that's we're talking about like the the difference between angry communication and straight up hairdryer. Moose will have Moose will have communicated how angry was that performance and how it's unacceptable, but he wouldn't have gone to you know He's not gonna he's not gonna go full uh Neil Warnock and you know, I mean the way it's going. The, the way it's going. Ten, over yeah, exactly. ten years you time, know. lads. No one will be talking. They'll just be WhatsApp. No, no, but fo- football is football is constantly evolving. As is life. As is ways of communicating. Yeah. And fo- football's always going to be like that as well. Even 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 in everyday work, the days of kicking down doors and berating someone. Email instead. <laughs> <laughs> the days of berating people in you know by I'm by joking, I'm just it, it, it just isn't that way anymore. Yeah. Now I, it may work in some trades, some businesses, whatever. You, you know, you even look at the forces. Even the forces have changed. I remember the bollockings I used to give people as a site manager. Now I'd be I'd be bollock for giving a bollocking like that. You know, life has changed in general. And and Joe Morell's point, I think he's he's got a valid point. The, the days of hairdryer have gone. But that doesn't mean, like Ryan says, you're not going to get a bollocking. You listen to John Rossinio after that. He was pissed off. Yeah. He, he would have been driven into him on the Monday, Monday morning. <laughs> they were not, they're not our levels. These are our levels. And they would have had a whole stat, stats up there and videos. These are our levels. These are our performances. This is what we're good at. Blah, blah, blah. This is where we were on Saturday. Way below. That's yeah. not acceptable. It, and you you, know, you've got to make sure the message gets in. Because it would be like, when it comes to hair dry treatment, it, it obviously refers to the long, high-pitched droning sound. If I was to just talk like this on the podcast all the time, well, in a singular, monotonous tone for the whole hour, at some point the noise would become so droning and non-plus it would have nothing to hang your ear upon. It's probably about this time that you're stopping listening because you there's, sound like no, Jake Smith there's no fluctuation in the way you <laughs> speak. Love there's, love there's nothing to bring you back in. There's nothing like, I've got my cock out. To, wait, what did I just hear? Like, you, you need to speak in... Have you? Uh, you need to speak in inflections and, and rises and falls. Like if, like if you're just shouting all the time, if you're just shouting all the time at the top of your voice, it will just become white noise. The players I, filter out. It doesn't go in. Yeah. So this is where managers communicate now, and it works. Like every team that goes on a late run to secure the title, whoever did that. Every team that's ever gone on a great escape campaign, whoever did that, like it, it all came from somewhere, and it would it would have it would have been from people understanding each other. So there's, there's this there's, is another reason why you got to back these guys to sort their problems out. There's two ways this can go at the moment, and it it kind of goes back to that 2017 squad. You either build up a siege mentality, say, look, the fan base is anxious. We, we we're going to close ranks and we're going to fucking prove to them. We're just going to blat, blat out all the noise. We're going to we're going to block it all out. We're going to listen to what we're we're concentrating on. We're going to have a bit of a siege mentality. The fans will be back with us, and then they'll join in with the siege mentality. And then we're going to rise up this league, and we'll get those seven eight points advantage back again. And it was yep. one of the guys from that very team, Ender Stevens, who said, "You love to hate your own fans. Uh, you love to hate your own players." You know, look. So yeah, the fan base, the fan base, and rightly so. I've got a great deal of anxiety at the moment. 
as a fan base and as a team, the team needs to start putting those wrongs right. And I think as a fan base, we need to start putting those wrongs right. And then, as I've always said, when the fans and the team are in unison together, Fratton Park and playing at home and even away, I said that team and the fan base are an unstoppable force. And we saw that in spades the first part of the season. You look at those 96, 97 shot to see headers for, for winners. We had it in spades. That never day die say die attitude that you know we're going to play to the 98th minute i saw it at fleetwood i'll be i'll be perfectly honest i saw it at fleetwood i enjoyed that in a in a weird roundabout way i enjoyed that our response to the door blowing off performance at, at home to orient if you can call it a performance was met with a sold out away end at fleetwood grant it's not the biggest in the world but it's certainly far enough away the atmosphere at Fleetwood was actually very good. From minute one, sounded great. All on of a, us there were behind the team. Yeah. Yes, we went ahead in the midpoint of the first half, so we did lead for about three quarters of the game. But even when Fleetwood start to get a foothold in the game mid second half and and have a period of sustained pressure, the atmosphere was still there. Uh, everyone I was with in the away end on Saturday, they supported the team. They didn't spectate the team. Because you know, if you go through the dictionary definitions of what a supporter is, what a spectator is, and what heckler is, I think these are three easy definable things. But I think everyone who went to Fleetwood on Saturday uh, met the definition supporter as opposed to the other two. And it was nice to see that in in the midst of a bad run, and we can call it a bad run now, it's no longer a blip, it's a straight up bad run we've had for, for, for a month now. I enjoyed the everyone went all the way there on Saturday and put the graft in. The fans put the graft in, the players put the graft in and we found a moment of quality to break it down. It was a new system. It takes time to adapt to a new system, especially in-game. There's only so much training can do. And we just found that one moment that sets apart. I love I loved that after a period of a bit of sideways and a bit of uncertainties, how we break Fleetwood down. Pack just spots Kamara over the halfway line and goes... I'm fizzing this one in. Do what you're going to do with it. And and Kamaris goes, all right, I'll take two people on. I'll run 30 yards, take two people on, and I'll have a crack. Me and, me and a few mates in the car on the way out, we were talking about Pompey's reluctance to shoot from outside the box often this season. With all due respect to Sean Raggett, Pompey's current goal of the season should not be... Sean Raggett against Wimbledon. Was it Wimbledon? Fulham, Fulham. from 30 That's yards. It. It's a great strike. I'm not taking anything away from the strike, but I don't want goal of the season to be in front of a thousand people in a group stage game of the EFL Trophy. I want someone to have the confidence to take that on in a game. Now, I'll say it. The keeper should have saved it. It's almost as central as it gets. He's unsighted. He goes far too late. He steps the wrong way. He makes about four mistakes in two seconds. But if you don't shoot, you don't score. And Kamara's, the way he brought the ball in to take him past the first player, saunters 30 yards up the pitch, cuts it back behind the second player and then shoots. That's the confidence flowing. That's the juice running through the veins. And then he goes, I'm having a go. Have a go, Pompey. I'd, I'd rather you have a go and missed rather than relent and, and, and you know try again later. I like the Kamara went from there. A, because it worked. And B, you, you will never find out if you don't try. Uh, and that was the moment that set us apart. It, that's the difference between one point. Can you imagine if we walk away from Fleetwood, who haven't won in two months, with Nothing. a nil-nil draw? Yeah. 
but we've won that game due to Kamara going at them and going, I'm having a go. And it worked. Th those can be the differences. So, yeah, b believe in yourselves. Because I don't go to what? Fleetwood to not believe in you. I, I love that I would say that. that I know the, the players probably know this. And I'm, not, I'm not telling them what to do. Oh, well, I am. Because I'm a Pompey fan. And you're playing for my team. Anyway, we know, being in the stands, we know if a player puts in a bit of... I said you used to say this on the radio. You used to on the radio. If a player shows a bit of determination, a bit of grit, the fans respond. Do that from the minute bloody go and you'll have the fans behind you the whole game. Just, just show a bit of... Bit of determination. Go and get stuck in. They'll love that. Yeah. What was pleasing about Kamara's goal also is that in the warm-up, Marlon Pack spent about five minutes fizzing balls out to the left and right wing. In in a, in the warm-up. Oh, we would. Yeah. You, yeah, you know, you saw, yeah, he's, and, yeah. And he was pinging them out there and he was telling telling it was Ogilvy and I think it was Sparks that he was hitting the balls out to. He was telling them where he wanted them to go. And, it, and it's good that he's practicing those in-game in-game scenarios to say I, I'm going to get the ball here and I'm going to hit Paddy I'm going to hit you know Kamara I'm going to see what they can do it's now down if, if Marlon Pack is is wanting to hit those balls it's down for the wingers to get into those positions and it was great to see that Kamara did get in that position and put it away I think he's got more goals than him 100% 100% right let's fleet with 1-0 uh, win good to get back to the winning ways um, look at your um Agenda for the evening, Ryan. Uh, you've mentioned Robertson now. Yeah, we've not spoken we've since not, he, no, his so season ended. Since yeah, since that Stevens game, we now know the uh, yeah the outcome of uh, losing. Well, Robertson. If you haven't seen the news, we've lost Robertson now. Probably to the end of the, that's it now. End of the season. He's he's uh, torn. Has he torn his hamstring? Yes, hamstring tear. Tear. Yeah. So, believe he's gone back to Man City for, to recover. Uh, I think it'd be nice, lads. Now, if we know that. Obviously, we know this is the outcome. If we do go up at the end of the season, he's got to be there at the end. He'll be there. I'll oh, be there. It'd be he'll great be there. to see him there. If, he was still if, a part. Regardless, of it. I think I'd like to see him the, on the last game of the season anyway. Um, no, he'll but be how much? Of how much of a miss, Ryan? Do you think he'll be now? A big miss, and at the risk of going against the club line, I think a miss that could have been prevented. And, and I am going to stick with that. I know the club went, uh, these things can happen. They do. Do you mean the, uh, uh, him? Like resting him more. Oh, I thought you meant uh, not having a player already lined up. No, 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 up. resting him. Oh, sorry, I, I, I was taking a piss. Could, uh, because <laughs> I've, spo I've spoken about this on the pod before, not specifically yeah. about Robertson, but about Yengi. I, I've specifically yeah. spoken on the pod before about Yengi, where the Australian regular season is like 26, 27 games, that which is now or, or three weeks ago. Then Yangi, who's never played more than that in a season, you go, fuck, I've still got 20 games to go. Oh, and I'm also away on international duty. It's about physical condition. We, we often talk about don't sign injury-prone players. The other risk is signing players whose bodies haven't been physically conditioned to play this much football against this level of intensity from fully grown men who have played the game a lot longer than you for 4,000 minutes in a season. And, I, and I've spoken about this before with Yengi, who actually has played a lot more pro football than Robertson. I think possibly a little bit of naivety crept in. And I know I'm going against club line here where they say, well, we, we do believe we managed it properly. And, we, you know, we're not necessarily sure if the hamstring tear has come down to basically attrition. I'm sorry, but I don't think I believe that one. I, just, I look at the numbers. When, when your body's tired, 
you are more prone yeah. to having injuries. Trust so me, I know. So he's made five professional appearances for Ross County before, and that's it ever before us. 143 minutes over five appearances. That levels out to about half an hour per game. That's his entire pro career right now. He played more minutes against Exeter and Stevenage on December 29th and on New Year's Day than he did in his pro career before Pompey. Those two games alone accounted for more minutes. And that was at the back end of a Pompey period of, what is it, 1,900 minutes for us. So his workload at Pompey, professional workload at Pompey, relative to his professional experience before that, has magnified by over a thousand percent in half a season so it's his whole pro career he's gone over a thousand percent more workload in half a season are you telling me you couldn't have done more to he, rotate to rest i, know I simply saying- don't believe it and this is not revisionism because i've spoken about this before but i simply don't believe it i believe this could have been prevented he had a dip in form and he had a dip in form because he was tired. It wasn't because he wasn't putting the effort in. Now, if you are, if you realise you're having a dip in form, the way you try and get yourself out of it is by working harder. But if you're already tired, you're putting more additional strain, your recovery time, two games in, in three days, your recovery time is less over that period. He was already tired. And, and to me, it's no surprise he got an injury. I know people are saying hindsight's a wonderful thing and, and you know, and some well-known Pompey journos were saying, well, yeah, that's easy to say now. But it, 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 was, it, was, it was obvious. Beating him off after 60 minutes each game, he still contributed, but there were, there were, there were, there were some games over that Christmas period where he was, he was, his legs had gone by 55, 60 minutes. He, he came off because he'd the run himself hour into mark the against yeah. Bristol Rovers. Because he'd run himself into yeah. the ground. Now... You're like, okay, well, that's fine. Playing for a half, bring him on for a half. But I think it was just a bit of, bit of naivety. Maybe he just wanted to. Maybe he was, you know, you don't know whether he was asked if he's okay, and he's saying he's okay because he wants to get out there and he wants to play, rather than you know, if that was an experienced player, no gaff, I'm, I'm a bit tired. You know, happy to, can bring me on or or take me off after after a half I think a more experienced player would say that he's young he's you know a bit of naivety but look he's, he's going to be a huge miss in that injury and like I said earlier I think he's more of an 8 than, than a 10 and I think at the moment at the moment we are we are dealing with that impact however for me the players who came in I would expect them to be chomping at the bit to come in and 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 justifying their position in that team to replace him at the moment and I don't think apart from Devlin who played right wing back it's great to see you know former injured players back but their performance levels have got to be up there a little bit more for me yeah but and I can't I can't verify this I'm not even trying to verify I'm just saying this is something I believe has happened uh, from my own experience of how the human body works, especially with the journey I've been on over the past half a year, into how it feels to burn out and how it feels to, you know, step down every now and then. 
I just, this is what I think happened. And ultimately, would you expect the club to actually come out and admit that what happened in January, where we've gone, we, we've taken on this young loney and we've burned him out in half a year? Oh, uh, if there are any Premier League clubs out there who want to send us their loney, ignore what's just happened. Like they're they're not going to come out and admit that. And let's be honest, if you believe one hundred percent of the people one hundred percent of the time, if you if you believe that everyone tells you one hundred percent of the truth all the time, I've got news for you, lads. So on this one I think the club have deflected away from what possibly do you, what, what do you actually think, happened. And this is completely off topic well, it's not really off topic, it's, it's Alex Robertson. What do you think of the the fact that City have basically said you're still paying his wages? I mean, I know, I know that's in I, the contract, I, but a club of the size no, of City, you think, think, fuck off. No, I actually think the club want to play his wages. Why? Because, because it, when we do go up, <laughs> City would go, do you know what? Pompey, Pompey still played the wages. Will they? And if there is a slim opportunity of him making an appearance towards the tail end of the season, you've still got him on your books. Yeah. You still got him on your books to come back and, and maybe affect the last two three games of the season. Possibly. Yeah, he shows up at Lincoln on the final day. Yeah. Who knows? You know, it scores scores. Not a, in the playoffs because we're going up automatically. Um, and but. and that's why I think Pompey. Now, now, if it was, this, you know, let's talk about Andorin and, and his injury. Pompey came out quite early and said he's here for the season. And I think that's more to do with Chelsea saying well, he ain't coming back. He's probably back there doing his rehab and everything else. But I think that's more to do with Chelsea need to do something with their wages and everything, their 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 dire financial situation. That you know. But I think Pompey made a calculated decision to say we're going to pay Alex Robson's wages just in case, just in case there is an opportunity he can come back for the last three or four. That or they said tough shit deal with it. Could be raw. Anyway, look, it's going to be a big loss. Um, yeah, Alex Robinson, everyone. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. Don't fall in love um, with a low player. And it's, it's, it's probably the only <laughs> time this season where I've I've listened to something the club has said and and I've just adamantly shook my head and gone, no, I'm not having that. Yeah. At the same time, I think I'm going to give the club credit for that. For for us to get to January, and it'd be the first time I've gone, I'm not having that a bit. I think that's quite good. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I would say the club gets a bit of credit in the bank for having a good track record so far. Yeah. Um, at least this season. Next topic then. Yes. Colby so, Bishop. Colby Bishop. Now, <laughs> <laughs> ladies, gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, strap this. yourselves in for a nice little three-part narrative. God. <laughs> John's really just this scene. I, I love the fact that you actually got yourself strapped in there, John, yes. Jeff was cupping his ears. Part one. <laughs> Colby Bishop comes back from injury. Oh, God. After Cusini Yangi stint in the team, saw us beat Bolton and Northampton away. And Colby Bishop comes back in the victory at Shrewsbury. Results then start to take a bit of a downturn in the uh, in the place of Bishop's <coughs> return to the team. Now, some people have been putting this two and two together to make five and say that Bishop is the reason. I don't personally believe he is the reason that results took a downturn the moment he got back into the team. I believe there's actually far more that goes into that, but I'm not going to go into that right now. Nevertheless, results did take a downturn. That's part one of the narrative. It also included that Bishop went on a slight uh, dry spell relative to Bishop's previous goal-scoring record. Part two. 
Stevenage. Colby Bishop does a razzle-dazzle back heel flip turn Tony Hawk thing. And Cups is here to 18,000 Pompey fans. Now, some were aware of what The Few said about Colby Bishop. After Colby Bishop cupped his ears, everyone was now aware of what The Few said because there were articles about it, there were interviews about it. Colby said what he said during the game and after the game. So everyone now knew the narrative and what Colby Bishop was reacting to. And certainly on New Year's Day, when everyone's hungover, you probably don't want to necessarily see your star striker cupping his ear to the entire stadium and not celebrating uh, not celebrating a goal. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. You do you. However, part three, if you're going to cup your ear to the frat and faithful in front of 18,000 people after they criticize, after some, the few criticize you, not me, may I add, you do have somewhat of an obligation after the ear cupping to the people who pay a lot of money to be there. You've got to meet that standard. Part three, Colby doesn't meet the standard. What's he done since the ear cupping? And I'm gutted and I'm gutted because I wanted that Colby ear cup to be followed by this resurgence in form. But while the Cheltenham game still remains this illogical absurdity in my brain, Colby does miss two massive chances at Cheltenham. Right. You get that one out of the way. That was just a silly game that we'll remember for years to come for how silly it was. You then get to go back to Fratton Park. We won our last game, and deservedly so, despite the fact that Stevenage tried to literally kick our fucking heads in. You return to the scene of the crime, and you host the team who you walloped up and down the field 4-0 in their own backyard a few months ago, only to get your doors blown off 3-0. And what do you do during that deluge in both weather and performance? You miss a penalty. I detect no ear cupping now. The good news is we went out and beat Fleetwood. But he still missed another, by my count, two massive, massive chances of Fleetwood. One was a simple back post six-yard tuck-in that he put straight at the goalkeeper in the second half. Now, despite my somewhat narrative and sarcastic tone I've been taking on you, uh, taking you on this trilogy with me, I still fully back Colby. I do. But his part three of this tale that came from relatively nowhere and now is quite a big thing, I'm afraid part three might actually be his fault. If you don't cup your ears, when he misses chances at Cheltenham, no one is tweeting, where's your ear cupping now? If you don't miss the penalty at Leighton Orient, no one is tweeting, go to the club's... Oh, the penalty's saved. Go to the tweet. Oh, no. Where's your ear cupping now, Colby? Now I'm not doing this because I believe in Colby. And I don't. I. I. I like look at my tweets. I don't say this stuff online, and I certainly don't do it in the ground either. Because I, I go there and I do my one to ninety minute like you, Jeff. I support the team, and you know I, I don't leave that kind of stuff on social media. But the again, Colby has provoked part three by falling short of the standard. He's so confidently set with the ear cupping if you're going to do the ear cupping you've got to back it up and the three games that have followed it i'm sorry but that's not the fans fault that's you i'm really sorry to say that i've spoken to a few people people that are not been on social media and didn't see the backlash from that and they've all said that like i 
Colby has a right to answer criticism, and at the time I feel he was fair to do so, but you still have to go ahead and meet the standard. And then what happened the very day he missed the penalty? Joe Morrell said a crucial word in his post-match interview, standards. Colby is one of those who hasn't met the standard in recent weeks, especially since the ear cupping. So, what I'm hoping is part four, the final in this quadrilogy, is Colby gets back to it. I believe he can get he back will. to it. He and will. I'm hoping that when he gets back to it this time, it may be better I, for everyone's interests. That there is no ear cupping. Yeah. There's Maybe just a, message a good old-fashioned celebration and we can all get on with it. Maybe a message to current and future Pompey players. Don't cup your ears to the no. fans. You know, or people, if you do, keep doing the thing. Yeah. yeah. Or I, just I, said this, I said this probably last episode or the episode before. And, you know, people who were, were championing Yengi for his performance against Bolton, for 40 minutes of that game, he was poor. The first 40 minutes, Yengi was poor. Northampton wasn't really up to it. Had an absolute stinker the week after. And, and it, it, you, Oh, the Shrewsbury first yeah, half. Yeah. Had an absolute stinker. Yet... Yet people are still championing Yengi to come into the side and replace Colby, but aren't talking about the poor for first 40 against Bolton, where he, where he was bullied by Santos, and then something clicked in the last five minutes, and he went, you know what, I'm going to take you on. Because he heard you. Northampton. <laughs> Northampton, he was average. You read your tweets. And then Steve, he was, he was absolutely shocking in that first half. First, he, he was. I think Aaron Pierre just followed him around in that game. Uh, in that first half of Shrewsbury but look you know but football football is about opinions and everyone will see the game totally different you know you'll see you'll see a really bad bad challenge and someone will be saying that's a really good challenge but yeah yeah I, I just think that for in the case of Yangi he he was fortunate to play at a time where we were playing teams that were coming at us because Northampton defended on the halfway line and Bolton played with quite a high back three. And Yangi adjusted to mould the game to his style of play. And in the second half at Bolton, and for most of the game at Northampton, I really enjoyed him. And considering the relatively few minutes he played for Pompey before that, it was great to see him kind of unleash more of what he can do. And I look forward to his return from the Asian Cup. Not before he wins it, of course. And then with Colby, today. with Colby, it's just such a strange, it's just, just such a strange sequence yeah. of events where when he did the ear cupping at Stephen Ocean, I was like, yeah, fair enough. If you, if you feel that's what you've got to do, fair enough. But then you, you've still got, you've, st you've got to maintain the own standard you set. I can't, like, it would be like me saying, I've lost all this weight. What the fuck are you lot doing? No, but it, no. Like, can you say that to me though? Not, <laughs> you, no, but I can't though because yeah. I'd then be falling short my own standard. Mm. I can't go home tonight and order a kebab and think the job's done. The job's not done. I'm only probably like halfway of where I want to be. I've got to keep my eyes on the prize because that's a long way down the line. I, I can't, I can't come and I don't necessarily brag about it because I don't post about it on social media. But if I was to brag about it and then fall halfway short, well, I'm the one who looks the fool. Colby doesn't need to brag. We Colby can <laughs> ear cup, but he's got to maintain yeah. standards. You can't miss a penalty at home in a fucking 3-0 defeat after that. That That is the worst response you can do after that. So I, I'm hoping for everyone's sakes, especially Colby's, that a, 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 another goal on the back of that comes soon. A, because 
he's he's a Pompey player. I'm going to back him as much as anyone else. B, because he's been such a good player for us since he signed. One of the top goal scorers in League One last season. One of the top goal scorers in League One this season. Last season, he was scoring... His conversion rate last season was absolutely extraordinary. This season, that narrative changed a little bit. But I, I thought we just had to bring this up because it's, it's been such a twi topsy-turvy, twisty-turny sequence of events that has, that has led us to here where I think when someone asks what has Colby done since the Air Cup, there'll be a few people going, well, not all that much. <laughs> and it's, it's fair. Yeah. It's fair. You've, if, if Joe Morrell talks about standards, if a player is talking about standards, then the fans are allowed to talk about standards too. It's carte blanche at that point. There you go. And, we're, and, I'm not, and I'd, I'd think anyone listening to this, I'm not doing it in a malicious way. I'm just making observations. Yeah. There you go. That's that. That's that covered. Um, next game, Northampton. Who, Port Vale. Uh, sorry, Port Vale. That's my fault. I'm looking at the scores currently. <laughs> Northampton, by the way, at the time of this podcast, a 2-1 up against Charlton. Oh, dear. Not looking good for Happy, is it? Not looking good. Uh, Port Vale on the next game, then. Uh, so. Okay, now. Mm. So, I, I just saw a League 2 score. Not Wimbledon, a beating Wimbledon 3-0. Oh, <laughs> bloody hell. Well, actually, oh, that's painful, it's, not, it? it's not Wimbledon the actual Wimbledon. And then... Did you see that tweet, by the way? No, we're going to leave that one. Did you uh, see that tweet? <laughs> Someone put a tweet up on the weekend showing a video of inside the MK Don Stadium saying, can't believe what's happened to MK Don's that there's no one here. And I was it like... It never happened. It's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> MK Don's versus Morecambe's not going to draw a big crowd anyway. Yeah, but but it's always even, like that. Even when they're in League One, it didn't happen. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway, next game... Uh, so one now. Charlton, Northampton, by the way. Welcome to the room, Jeff. I've just said that. Oh, <laughs> That's a Liz for those who know what that is. Yes, it's a Liz, yes. That's number 400 for the year. Right, Port Vale versus Pompey then. Next game is going to be an away trip to Port Vale. you going to that one, Ryan? I am. Yeah? And it's a nice juxtaposition of reality where the area around which Vale Park is located is one of the most disgusting places in Britain. Vale Park, though, is quite nice. Yeah. I, I, I went for the first time last year. When you're inside the stadium, it is actually quite a nice little ground. Yeah. I say little ground. It's actually not that much smaller than Fratton Park, only by like a 1,000 or so, would you believe? Um, so, objective number one, get into Burslem safely. Objective number two, get into Vale Park safely. Three, four, and five include winning, getting the fuck out, and getting home. There you go. Um, Port Vale at the Oxford. time of this yeah, <laughs> at the time of this recording they are sitting in as it stands 18th place you, you'd expect us to, to win 30, get, uh, 30 points 28 scored how many of these games conceded. recently uh, <laughs> although they've, the had a, they've had a bit of extra respite uh, because their game uh, against Reading was abandoned yes um, during the game which but, you know <laughs> it's a game it's a game we expect riots apparently but we're going to have to put in the the hard graft the, the extra running the extra tackles the extra passing and deserve the right to play you know whereas before I was confident we, we go 1-0 up we, I was confident we'd, we'd always see that game out whereas at the moment I think in the in the vein of form we're, we're, we're in we at the moment, I think we need to go two goals up to safely see that out. Oh, I think it could be in the region of four or five. I'm going. I this 
shook me to my core because I, I, I kept thinking, why do I keep seeing like high-scoring Vale results? There's a reason, because they're involved in high-scoring results. I'm going to read to you the amount of goals Port Vale have scored in home games over the past few. Three, three, two, three, three, one... Yeah, yeah. They, 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 10, at home they they're, are free scoring at the moment. They're hit, they're, they 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 like to win, draw, lose, win, draw, lose, win, draw. Yeah. Like, they, they've like been that. involved in like three threes, three yeah. twos, two threes, four three. Yeah. So Port Vale at home is a bit different to Port Vale away. Wembley of the North has been quite good to them recently. Uh, one of those one of those games they scored three in was that that bonkers um, FA Cup game against. Stevenage, which there were goals in stoppage time and regular time and in extra time as well. That one went to the wire several times. And there was a sequence of events, actually. If the Port Vale won that game, our game at Port Vale would have been a Tuesday night because of who they would have played, likely have played in the fourth round. I think it was Maidstone who beat Stevenage, but realistically, you would expect one of them to have beaten Maidstone. So thank you. Actually, I'm not going to thank him after what I did at Fratton Park. Never mind, we'll move on. I was going to thank one of the Thompsons for scoring a late equaliser oh, yeah, at Port cock. Vale, but he then tried to um, Decapitate. kill Christian Sadie. <laughs> uh, again, I can't verify that, but you've yeah, seen the footage. Right. Awful. But yeah, so Port Vale at home are a free-scoring menace at the minute, Prediction. and that is against all comers. <laughs> I don't know what that noise was. Sounded I like apologise to everyone. You sound like one of them little toys that you need to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with... 3-2 Pompey. 3-2 Pompey, wow. Yeah. Jeff? 2-1 Pompey. Because they, they can't keep clean sheets at home, but they certainly don't stop scoring either. I don't know then. Uh, what did you say? 2-1. What yeah, do you yeah, say? Three, two. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three, one, Pompey. I will happily take it. Shot, I'll take anything. Shot I, Nessie's, I went, I shot Nessie's gonna score, and this new boy is gonna score as well. This new boy, which we'll talk about in a minute, because he's <laughs> he's one of them. It's one of them names where everyone's debating how you bloody pronounce it. We'll talk about that in a sec. Right, in the any other business. Next uh, game after that is Northampton, which, by the way... Um, it's not. It's Oxford. That's my mate, mistake. Mate, what are you doing? It's yeah, because just, <laughs> just go into features, mate. <laughs> it's Oxford. <laughs> Next game is Oxford. Yes. After the Port Vale game. Have you missed two games out? Uh, so it'll be Oxford. Uh, have you got tickets? Yep. Yeah? Jeff? No, I'm not going to that one. No. Um, my little brother, who's been attending... Pompey games with my dad for many years uh, decided not to get my dad a ticket for that what a wanker that's dinner of the week isn't it I think Dave wins. got one for himself that's fair. yeah that's got fair. one from his main he got me that one cheeky git anyway um, yes so Oxford now um, hmm. I, I'd say they're, they're definitely a bogey team for us aren't they Oxford I hate playing them especially the Kassam oh ultimately. god yeah and it's, it's an interesting one because the Des Buckingham era at Oxford after Liam Manning's interesting departure has been much like a Welsh town because it's win loss loss win loss win loss win draw loss win win draw loss win it's willow willow yeah 
Learn of first in the yoga. Yeah, it's it's the guy doing the it's the guy doing the weather report. So they are they are back and forth to and fro. It was interesting that just before we played Bolton at home, they hosted Bolton on a Tuesday night as well, and like Bolton, they ended up certainly in the second half. All ends up on Bolton, like burying them. They currently go down as our locks for as we speak. But then they've also had these really bafflingly interesting results where they got absolutely blasted by relatively struggling, well, not struggling, but a relatively anonymous Coventry side in the FA Cup where, realistically, there aren't that many places between them in the table. They're going to lose, I think it was 3-1 at Carlisle uh, in, their, in their most uh, recent game because their, their game at Northampton was called off at the weekend. So yeah, it's just been it's been. I, get, I don't know what to make of this Oxford side because that that form record. You shouldn't really be win loss win loss win loss draw win loss. Like, there should be you should have some kind of run, good or bad, at some point. Uh, it, it's it's interesting to see when teams flip their own script so consistently, where the only consistency is inconsistency. Uh, so I've no idea what to make ahead of this well, one. Well, they're currently losing. Right. So that would be two losses in a row, just in time for our arrival. No, they beat Oxford three one. What's that? They beat uh, they beat Carlisle three one. Oh, do they beat Carlisle? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh yeah. So Coventry he got did. something wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they beat they beat Carlisle three one. Yes, they beat Carlisle three one. Did I say lost two? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they should they lose? Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's not uh, let's not go with I that meant theory. Wi- I meant Wimbledon in the EFL Trophy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Well, they're currently losing, so let's let's not go on that theory. That yeah, but they've got another game not. before we play them, haven't they? Or oh, hopefully they win that game. Then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we we've got the Casam, uh, a not happy hunting ground overall against an Oxford side that uh, flips off and on like a switch. So I'm going for a score draw. Really? Yeah. They don't draw. They lose or win. I'm going for a score draw. Win or lose. Not the blues. Because it would be the typical Pompey thing of course for it them would. to get a draw. Colby scores a late winner and the car park goes wild. <laughs> and the guy in the tree falls off. <laughs> <laughs> I the, think we're going to win it 1-0. And nil. the pallets fall off the truck. 1-0 late on. 2-0. Two 2-0 nil. Two nil Pompey. Right, there we go. Uh, the next game after that, believe it or not, is Northampton. Can you believe it? Oh, I know. We can talk about that one another yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the subject of Northampton, uh, you may or not cobblers. know. Yeah, Cobblers. Uh, we have... Um, we'll, we'll mention this now because I was going to say... <laughs> on the subject of Northampton who makes shoes, we've made hats. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, nice, nice segue, Liam. I was going to mention it later, but before I forget, I just want to say a massive thank you to Leah Davies on uh, Twitter. She has designed our new logo for us. If you haven't seen it, have a look. It's bloody brilliant. And she didn't charge us a penny, bless her. She put a lot of work into it, and it's, she's absolutely smashed it, and she's done a great job. So thank you so much, Definitely. Leah, for that. And uh, we've also, on, on the subjects in Northampton, we've we've ordered some new merch. So uh, a lot of people are going to come and pick up for me on the, uh, that, at that game. If you want to come and have a look, come down to the fan zone. I'll, I'll be sure we wearing the hat and the uh, pin badges as well. So we've got pin badges, uh, woolly hats, and some new beer mats, which are bloody brilliant, aren't they, Les? What do you think? Oh yeah, she's done yeah. a good job. She, she's done a brilliant we, job of she it. She sent us a few options, and we all said, didn't we? That that is the one. Yeah. No, she yeah. did a brilliant job of it. So thank you so much, Leah. That's really really kind of you. Look her up yeah. on uh, social media, on X if you need any graphic she'll design work. She's done. She'll a, have enjoyed herself recently as a big Bristol City fan. That's it, yeah. She was present at both the uh, 
Like she's a she's a city season ticket ticket holder. But as it a is, boyfriend's but she, a Pompey fan. That's that's the connection, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Harry, uh, husband Harry. Harry is uh, Pompey. Sorry, season husband. Holder. Sorry, yeah, that, sorry. That's that's why we know Leah. <coughs> sorry, um, but yeah, Leah, Leah will be happy right now with the the two showings against West Ham. So yeah, uh, Leah, if Leah. I had the choice, she would be my dub of the week. But um, I'm sure Ryan will pick that later. But you are definitely nominations. Thank you so much for that. Honestly, brilliant job. And uh, she got another job out of it as well from me. She's done my new business logo for me. Oh, lovely. Yeah, she's she's had a few inquiries off the back of it so yeah cheers Leah thank you very much but come and have a look anyway Northampton at home we're not talking about it yeah we'll leave that for oh, now I'm actually not talking about it no. we'll leave that for now okay, we we'll just, just told you that alright fuck <laughs> you then I thought you were joking okay <laughs> any other business fuck Din. you no we're doing features oh uh, yeah piss off right features right Jeff third eye uh, I, I really <laughs> haven't got a lot because obviously you, you being, take out, it off. being out of it on uh, being <laughs> out of it in, on morphine and shit um, <laughs> Fleetwood game yeah uh, Fleetwood have these have electronic hoardings at both ends of the ground, uh, but it doesn't go the full way along. And there were there were two adverts that stuck out every time Pompey had a corner. A Sky Bet advert came on, said "Time to think." <laughs> I thought, how fucking apt that was. <laughs> Did we score from a corner? No, no. The other one was meant to be a advert saying stop loan sharks however due to the position of the ball boy it said top loan sharks and then right in the corner <laughs> was a advert for a loan company <laughs> so that was very apt which is, oh it's very apt considering fleetwood's owner is in jail for fraud <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not making that up look it up he got uh, he got convicted in August. Bloody hell. So yeah, which is um, why Fleetwood they uh, were singing and dancing about him at one point, weren't they? Then, well, yeah, because he's a, he's right. He's like a B Tech Brighton, where he's a he's a, he a fan. He's a millionaire local businessman right. from the area. Uh, the BES company that sponsors Fleetwood is his company. It's how they've got six promotions in ten years up into the football league. He propped them up on his money. He's a local businessman. Was it built his on money? a house? <laughs> was it built on a house of cards? Yes. Uh, he was defrauding people through his gas companies. Went to jail. Why are Fleetwood now in the drop zone? I wonder why they'll be out of the league soon in non-league. Goodbye, Captain Pugwash. Oh wait, I had something loaded up. I had something loaded up on my phone because you're not going to hear it again. Is it still there? Is it still there? Wait there. Don't ruin my moment. It's gone. I think the moment might I, be going. I, I, I think it's gone, out. I think yeah. we know what you're going to play. What? What this? There's going to be an ad. I'm telling you there's going to be a YouTube advert. I'm telling <laughs> you. This is going to be like one of those things. Ten minutes later. Oh, my God. It's not <laughs> There worse. it is. It was worth Yeah, okay. No, moving on. Smooth. Smooth, yeah. Smooth. I had it ready for ages. This is radio. I literally had it ready for ages because I knew you'd be upset. You're not going to hear this. Anyway, move on. Didn't have to hear it. Didn't have to hear it. So, yeah, if you're wondering why Fleetwood was a playoff contender not too long ago in League One, is now firmly in the drop zone. They only be in jail. But if you need a top loan shark. Bizarrely, for some reason. I think both managers knew that there was going to be neither team was going to score another goal or or you know to equalise or make it two nil. Bizarrely, the managers were shaking hands approximately one minute thirty before the end of the game. <laughs> I, I, I they they walked to the middle of the. I don't know whether they they thought they both heard a whistle, but they they both walked towards each other with a minute thirty still to go on the clock, and they shook hands and congratulated each other. 
Isn't that a Mourinho thing to do? So maybe Messino's just like, eh, close enough. Who needs Mourinho? We've got exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is is linked to our our new signing, Miles Pert Harris. Um, does anyone know who his agent is? No. I only found this by looking for his followers. His agent is actually Paolo Vanazza. Really? And for those who were back at Fatton Park in the in the nineties, I believe, uh, Paolo Vanazza was a loan signing for us from Arsenal. Yeah. So yeah, just a oh, tenuous link there. How do you think we've um, we've managed to sign him? Obviously, he's got. Didn't I, I'm, I'm sure I saw something about Harley being with him at Chelsea or something like that. I believe you so. Yeah. That's probably. But again, I think I think pull. Paolo Vanazza, as his agent, would have had a would have had a hand in that as well. Yeah. Saying, it'll, look, you know, it'll be a I'd, development thing. Like, yeah. He played 40 times in the league for Forest Green last season. Exactly. Which is actually, which is actually what buoys me about this because, you know, relative to our conversation earlier about physically conditioned players, he has played a full League One season. How many players played 40 games in one season? It's, it's a proper graft he put in, especially for a team that went down on what was a fairly naff pitch in naff conditions on the top of that hill in the middle of Emmerdale. Like, like, to play 40 times quite, Grassburgers. quite impressive. So uh, one thing we shouldn't have to worry about is... Obviously, he's had an- he's had ankle surgery since, but provided that's out the way, we we shouldn't have to worry about a physically conditioned Pert Harris. So, uh, yeah, that buoys me that one. Can I just say something? Oh, sorry, just going back to the Fleetwood for a second. I know you said you, they're, they're going to disappear. Can we um can we adopt Nappers as a Pompey fan, please? Can we do that? I think he is a Pompey I fan. I think anyway. he actually is. Yeah. <laughs> he loves us, doesn't he? I know you don't listen, Nappers, but yeah, we love you. Come and support us instead. He's a good lad, isn't he? Fair play. That's to it. That's it. Anything um, you saw, Ryan? Uh, third Eyes from uh, Fleetwood is one I can think off the top of my head. <laughs> I left the pub to walk to the ground, and these, these two kindly police officers walked up to me and went, do you know where you're going? Yes, it's my eighth time here, officer. And he went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've, so outside of Fratton Park, Wembley Stadium, Wesley Park, and La Romareda, which is where Rails Adagotha played, where I lived for a year, there is not a single ground in the world I've been to more than Fleetwood. So <laughs> Fleetwood sits... Considering I lived in Spain for a year, I've been at Fratton Park for, you know, far too many... Well, not too far too many years. Many more years to come. Been at Wembley many times and I've only ever really done haven't for the friendlies. Eight times at Fleetwood. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm done. They better fucking go down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we better go oh, up. We better go up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go. yeah, that is what well. we are going up. Yes. Yeah. How dare I? Um, we are going up, but eight times. Yeah. There you go. Dub and din. Dub and din. These, these are tough because there's quite a few good contenders because obviously Leah won for the the, the rebranding. Yep. Um, Mate, the, the, the list of figures have gone Leah. up since you've done that. Thank you, Leah. Yeah, great, great effort from Leah. I kind of I kind of think Abu Kamara is worth a mention because again in a period where you need someone to step up and be a difference maker that individual piece of of confidence and flowing with the football is the is the difference between leaving Fleetwood with 3 points and 1 point and again just imagine the mood if we leave Fleetwood without even scoring I'm Ever so sorry, Leah. I'm going to have to give it to Kamara. <laughs> I'm sure she can accept that. She's probably I have to give it to Kamara because to be at the moment we just need someone 
to step up and be the difference maker. And Kamara was the difference between three points and one on Saturday. And it was such a needed three points. I agree with Moose when he said that was one of our biggest wins of the season. Uh, I don't care. It's against bottom of the table. We haven't won for two months. I agree with him. The, the way we were going right now, we simply could not have afforded to blank. So Kamara for being the, the, the young man who stepped up, come on leaps and bounds from that cameo of Barnsley that I've mentioned a hundred times. To play with that confidence and grab a winner, don't care if the keeper should have saved it. You don't shoot, you don't score. He runs 30 yards, gets past two players. Well done, Kamara, for avoiding something that would have been horrible at 5 p.m. Yeah, he gets double the week for there that. There you go, fair enough. Din. See, how, how retrospective can I be with Din of the Week now? Because we don't do a podcast every week anymore. So what, what's my... my my band be from the from the last game that we say from the last podcast, yeah. Now I know, and I, I said I wasn't going to mention this. I know people are expecting me to say my Twitter run-in with someone the other day. I'm not going to mention it. It's done. No, because I don't want to. I don't want to. I know I'm over anyways. Yeah, I don't want to fuel the fire. And it's done. Um, it's done. I lost the battle. Every day's a new day, and you carry on. Yeah, that's the way I look at it's the way I look at things. Every Do, day. Have you got any? Not really. Do you want me to, I, you want I, me to I, throw one in there? It's not really football like, related. I guess. I guess like there's there's like a half one where I go the whole team for like an Orient. But again, every day's a new day, and we've won a game since then. So I've I don't. I don't want to be that guy. I've got who one, mate. Retrospectively digs it up. I've got one, and he likes digging other people out. His name's Pompey Pedro. Now <laughs> our friend Ryan Lewis put a tweet out here. What's everyone's unpopular food opinion? Mine is Mr. Kipling's cakes. Uh, they aren't even nice. Don't get the hype. In comes Pompey Pedro. Never had a Chinese takeaway and never intend to. Now, that is the most ridiculous, ridiculous never statement Chinese. I've ever heard in my life. How can you have never had a Chinese takeaway and never... Have you had a Chinese takeaway before, Jeff? Doesn't look like I've had a Chinese <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> what? I mean, does it get any worse than that? Oh, that is the most horrendous opinion. I'm, I'm sure deserves dinner of the week for that. <laughs> never had a Chinese. And never intends to. I know. My, my oh, jaw dropped well, as well. Lompy Ledro. <laughs> Deary sure, me. I'm sure he won't mind getting uh, dinner of the week. Yeah, for that fair cup. enough. How could you have <laughs> never had a Chinese? No, but it was the, I never intend to. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Lompy Ledro. Yeah, you can have dinner of the week. There you go. He's, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. But that was an absolutely horrific opinion. There was quite, there was some bad ones on it. I've got to go through a few In more. In fairness. Can I, can I read one more out? No, I was going to say, if, he, Scott if said, he's never had a Chinese because he's seen what Jake Smith orders, <laughs> I, can, I can understand it. Jake oh my Smith's God, like that photo. dialysis and chips. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. I need to dig up the picture again. Oh, it's like if, just imagine this. It's literally chips with a bit of egg fried rice poking through and it looks like someone says pork grain over the whole thing um, another one from Scott Turnbull like a friend he says cheese is vile now that is a howling opinion to be fair I cry that in the mirror every night when I'm trying to lose weight <laughs> even though cheese is probably the reason I got to my apex weight there's in the some first really place. really I do like cheese. awful opinions on it someone said pigs in blankets how dare are the you? worst part of a Christmas dinner are you no. joking the worst part of the Christmas dinner is the shit <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> And here's what we can all agree with. Gherkins, the top 10 worst food in existence. I can agree with that. Anyway. I like gherkins. Uh, nah, absolutely shocking. Horrific. If you, if you bring gherkins near me, I will, I will punch you. Same with custard. 
Now my dad, my dad, <gasps> no, 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 piss off, get out. Surely no, no, not. That's no. the debate, isn't it? I love the way this podcast turned into a food. That's the debate. Hot custard or cold custard? No, none of it in the bin. Surely not, Liam. My dad knows I hate it, right? He knows I hate it with a passion. It makes me reach even the oh, thought of it. Oh, that is right. A, and he sends me photos of him eating apple crumble everywhere he goes. If he's got apple crumble on, on the menu, he's ordering it just to piss me off. Doesn't even enjoy it. It's disgusting. Oh, cu- come on, custard we need donuts. To, we need to do an, uh, an alternative podcast one custard day. Custard donuts. About, oh, come on. <laughs> I, I, I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually bit into one once. So you don't like trifles then? No, I do not. Oh, you know, this is you know, you know the news. co-op to um, other shops are available. You know they do jam and custard donuts. Yeah. I bought a pack once, bit into one, didn't realise it was custard. I actually threw up. Co-op custard Disgusting. donuts are top tier. Disgusting. Top tier scratch. What's wrong with you? This is a horrendous don't opinion. Don't talk about custard, please. It's fucking disgusting. God Almighty. Awful. So what? you don't like custard creams? I'll piss off. I, no, I do. That's the weird <laughs> thing. I love them. <laughs> I love custard creams. Rhubarb and custard sweets. I'll eat them, but I won't eat... <laughs> it's like I won't eat tomatoes, but I love tomato ketchup. I'll drink strawberry milkshake, but I hate strawberries. I'm one of them. But custard, nah, and get in the bin. Jeez, that is... <laughs> it's that up is there wild. with my two... There's, two I, there's three things I hate in your life... Them up the road, Joey Barton and Custard. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Twitter bio. <laughs> no, well, I've to up- replace your other one. Actually, I've updated yeah. my uh, DJ, my- uh, Fat DJ from Malta, whatever it, it is. No, that was uh, that was Max Swatton's dad. He said he, he used the AI app to uh, try and get a picture <laughs> of me and typed in yeah. slightly overweight Maltese DJ. <laughs> Cheers, Andy. <laughs> Brilliant! Uh, I um, love Andy. And so I also much. have a new DJ name. It's DJ ECS. Signing out. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe that. <laughs> I, I, I feel sorry for you, Liam, that you're never going to experience Ugh, the culinary sensory don't joy of a sticky, a hot sticky toffee pudding. Oh, banana custard. That's And a sticky toffee pudding that's yeah, wearing lads. widow armbands because it's swimming in custard. <laughs> lads, one button, I can stop this podcast right now. Shut the fuck up. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Right now>. no. <clears throat> Seriously. <laughs> feeling, honestly, he's feeling rough. I, oh. Any other business? No. I think we've just covered it. <laughs> well, that was a dramatic turn, um, lads. Pleasure as always. Uh, my belly hurts from laughing. It's been uh, it's been great fun. And again, apologies to everyone that was waiting for a podcast. Uh, Jeff's had surgery, so we give him a bit of a time to recover. I had to pick him up tonight, um, so you can't drive still, can you? Nope. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get another one in. Uh, I've got a busy time coming up, so we we'll probably have to do Tuesdays again if that's okay with you two. Uh, but yeah there you go uh, pleasure as always cheers John for the beer again mate and uh, he's also purchased a new beanie as well yeah, buzzing John, on, John. Doesn't wear what he doesn't wear anything on his head we've changed him um, but yeah like I said anyone that has, had, has ordered any merch that's picking it up pop down to the fan zone I'll have it with me so you can just grab half it half price if you like custard <sighs> if you mention the word custard I will throw it at you thank you very much um, oh my song oh shit hmm I, I actually have a couple of recommendations on, for this. Because I haven't thought if, about this. If you're willing to listen to recommendations. If it's, if it's Number custard, one no. is the last time we will ever hear Captain Pugwash. Yeah. Or, based on my own belief in this team and everyone within it, because I, I just don't want to go back to previous seasons where I've called time on them and just mentally given up. The Claxons, it's not over yet. Yeah, we'll go with that. Let's do that. Let's do that. And at the end of the season, we'll play Captain Pugwash. <laughs> Probably oh, been promoted. Uh, I'm a DJ. Why don't I remix it? <laughs> <laughs> I 
DJ ECS on the mix right uh, lads pleasure as always Jeff's already put his microphone down Ryan cheers mate Jeff thank you very See much you and John and thank you to the guys here at the old house at home and you Pompey fans for listening to three lads in the pub Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.